At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Oh, it's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. We're hanging out with you guys over the next three hours to get you set for the final Saturday of the college basketball regular season. We want to hear from you guys throughout these three hours. Make sure to tweet at the show, at VEASAN Live at West Reynolds 1, at Femi Abebefe. Coming up, we got our picks at 11.45. Also a little UFC 272 breakdown, Mospital and Covington. A look at the big NBA games on tonight's card at 11.30. Warriors-Lakers being the headliner. And then live betting college basketball opportunities as action is about to tip off here in a matter of moments. Plus a preview of the best games of the day, including the one in Cameron Indoor Stadium where you might have heard yeah. it's Coach K's final game yeah, did you hear? out there in Durham. But Wes, how you doing, man? I'm well, Femi, uh, <laughs> college basketball obviously taking center stage today. A lot of the smaller, lower major conference tournaments getting into this weekend. We'll have our first p- ticket punched in the field of 68 tonight. That'll be either Murray State or Moorhead State. I think Murray State, even if they lose tonight, yeah, is probably in the NCAA tournament. So there could be a bid stealer tonight if Moorhead State gets that win in Evansville in the OVC championship game. So obviously, that's going to hurt the feelings of the teams like Indiana, like Virginia, North Carolina, like North, North Carolina perhaps. <laughs> we'll just see what they do tonight in Durham uh, later this afternoon. But a lot of teams playing their way in, playing their way out. Who's the last four in? Who's the first four out? We don't know, but we're going to find out here very shortly. Yeah, a lot of great games to get to today. Some of the headliners, Arkansas, Tennessee, about to tip off in a matter of moments. Tennessee laying five and a half total, 140 and a half. Texas, Kansas later this afternoon in Lawrence. The Jayhawks, six and a half point favorites, total 137 and a half. Then you have North Carolina Duke, which we will go in depth in about 15 minutes on right now. The Dukies, 11 and a half point favorites, total one. 52 and a half. Then USC, UCLA over there in Poly Pavilion. The Bruins, seven and a half point favorites, total 135 and a half. In the NBA action, I mentioned a couple of the big games there 76ers and Heat, Miami laying one and a half, total 219 and a half. And then Warriors at the Lakers, the ABC primetime game with Golden State, five and a half point favorites, we, total we, 227. We don't get half. enough of the Lakers in primetime, right? apparently. <laughs> I know, uh, I know uh, Sir Charles has made his case. We don't need to show these guys anymore, and he's absolutely he right. 
refer to them by their team yeah. name. He yeah. said, I won't the, even the say The team from Southern California, or <laughs> yeah. the, the, the B team from Southern California, as it were, as they lost to the Clippers yes. the other night. So, yeah, we're getting a lot of games tipped off right now. You mentioned a couple of them. By the way, Villanova at Butler going mm-hmm. to get underway. thought that line was high. I actually took Butler plus nine. There you go. Arkansas, Tennessee, kind of a high number here. Arkansas has been on a roll. They came back and they hung on against LSU late the other night. And by the way, LSU in action, they will close out their season at home down in Baton Rouge. They have Alabama coming in. And then another team on the bubble, Virginia at Louisville. Louisville has been way down this year, Mm -hmm. but senior day, is this the day where you take out the frustration of a bad season? But Virginia could absolutely use this win as they would currently, I think, be on the outside looking in for the NCAA tournament. And then, of course, we have these small conference games getting underway. We've got the, I believe, the Big South uh, semifinals. Longwood, the number one seed. They're taking on USC Upstate. That just tipped off. Also, Chattanooga, the number one seed in the SoCon, getting the Citadel. Yeah, Alabama, LSU, and Baton Rouge. That one's three and a half the Tigers are laying. Total 153 and a half. Just tipped off there in Baton Rouge, but opportunities for live in-game action will be presenting themselves throughout the three hours. Anything for you in this early slate here? But I want to really break it because we haven't tipped off in the Big East just yet with Villanova in that game, so we can get some pre-thoughts on that. But anything for these other games that just tipped off here uh, in the matter of seconds? Yeah, and this early uh, 9 a.m. Pacific slate, I mentioned Butler. Mm-hmm. Also, like the under in Virginia and Louisville. Now, that's a very low total. I was going to say a Virginia under. 123 <laughs> and a half, but this is a Louisville team that's absolutely struggling scoring. They seem like reality has set in that they kind of mailed it in. Of course, Chris Mack, we know, resigned a couple mm-hmm. months ago. It's been Mike Pegues as the interim head coach. Their best player, Malik Williams, pretty much not really dismissed from the team. In fact, I think he might be out there today, but he did not play the last couple games. So I played that. I did look at Tennessee. I would use Tennessee maybe in like an in-game spot or maybe like a money line parlay. I thought six and a half delay to Arkansas was a little bit much, and clearly the market did too. This did close five and a half at BetMGM. So that's really it for me for the early slate. And then I took a, a shot at a couple of the dogs in these conference tournaments, especially in the first half. And that's one thing that I'll bring up throughout the show, Femi. Yep. When you get a team that plays like the day before, I often like them against the rested team. Yep. Like the Citadel Chattanooga could be an example. Chattanooga, obviously the clear best team in the SoCon, but laying up to 13 and that got bet up from 10 and a half Citadel first half and Citadel won an overtime yesterday against East Tennessee state. So I like Citadel in the first half. I think that these teams that have the, the adrenaline from the night before, they're good for the first half. Then maybe the second half, you know, water kind of finds its level. Yeah, start to wear off there. And, yeah, you mentioned the adrenaline uh, is subsides and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And they are not able to carry that momentum into that second half there. We mentioned it's a lot to break down here. I mean, there's UFC going on. The Arnold Palmer's going on as mm-hmm. well. You're looking like you're in decent shape right now heading into moving day. Uh, college basketball's biggest late NBA. We got some good games coming up, too. What are you most looking forward to today, especially in this college basketball slate? Anything that you're really eyeing as this time next week, we'll be talking about conference tournament championship games and a lot of the Power 5 conference, Power 6, I should say. I mentioned, and look, we're going to get this scenario probably a a couple times this week, uh, upcoming for uh, championship week. We could have a bid stealer today. We could have Moorhead State win the Ohio Valley Tournament final in Evansville, Indiana at the Ford Center over Murray State. 
Murray State, it's like when you look at, we, we hear those terms, Sammy, quad one wins and whatnot. You look at Murray State, how many games they've won in a row, and you watch that team. That team's an NCAA tournament team. I don't care if they lose tonight to Moorhead State. I think they should get in. Now, people will put them last four in or maybe on the bubble. I think they are clearly a tournament yeah. team, but we could have a bid stealer. So some of these teams I mentioned, like IU, like University of Virginia, like Virginia Tech, all these kind of power five, power six teams in college basketball that are on the bubble, they're hoping to not get bid stealers. Like they're hoping to not get two bids out of the Missouri Valley because maybe Loyola Chicago could get an at-large. I think they'd be one of the last teams in. They play Northern Iowa this afternoon in the Valley Semis. Right now, Tennessee is out to a pretty good start against Arkansas at home. 10-3, they lead it. We're about three minutes into the game out there in Knoxville. But yeah, you mentioned the bid stealers, all mm -hmm. these things that you have to kind of keep in mind when you're handicapping these games as we're about to tip off Villanova and Butler over at Hinkle there. And the Wildcats laying eight and a half in this game. You said you liked Butler. Anything for you on the total right before we tip off? Here? Yeah, I did not play the total in this game. I did take the Butler plus nine also a little bit for the first half. Villanova locked in pretty much to the number two seed in the Big East. Providence is going to be the one seed in Madison Square Garden. They're resting the up East today. Tournament. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, you know, Butler's had a really tough season. They've had a lot of injuries. There's rumors about Laval Jordan, if he's going to be back at Butler, that I've heard there from some very good sources that there's been some looking around potentially for a replacement for Laval Jordan. So this is a big game. It's senior day for a disappointing uh, team like Butler. Mm -hmm. And that's the senior day home teams I like to play on, Femi, the ones that have had disappointing seasons. Yep. Not necessarily the ones that are like, hey, we know we've won the conference or we know we're going the NCAA yeah. tournament. Senior day is a blip on the radar. When you have a team that's accomplished something, you know, they've went to NCAA tournaments all four years or they've won conference championships, regular season or conference tournament. It's a sad day. It's a melancholy day. Senior mm -hmm. day is not always, you know, hey, we're going to go out hellfire and brimstone and kick the crap out of whoever we're playing. It's a sad day because your parents are there, your girlfriend's there, all your friends, your brothers and your sisters. And it's tough and the tears are flowing and you got to give a speech before the crowd and all that stuff. So, I think Butler, it's a little different, though, because this is their last chance to kind of go out their season, their last game at Hinkle Fieldhouse on a winning note. Yeah, no, I think that, that's a really great point there in terms of senior day meaning something for different teams, depending on which spot they're in. I, I played a contrarian over in this game. I went over 128 for this Villanova-Butler game. I just think that both teams are going to have decent offensive outputs there. It, and it might be a crawl to the finish. You know, yeah. it might be needing a little bit of parade yeah. to the free throw line there. But that total of 128 just seems so low I to me. I don't necessarily disagree with that, even though I didn't bet the total either mm -hmm. way. Because sometimes, you know scenarios determine I think sometimes the urgency on defense if yep. you will and look these teams kind of know where they're going to be in the Big East tournament I think both of them are actually locked into their positions Butler could get the nine or the ten seed or I think it's the nine or the eight seed but Villanova is going to be the two in the Big East so it's like when a team is locked in it's like okay let's just go out and play and when people have that attitude it takes more effort to play defense than it does to play offense here you mentioned the bubble teams like the North Carolinas, the Indianas. Do you think that the betting market almost has you paying a tax if you want to back those teams? Because everybody knows the motivation for those teams is, hey, we got to get wins and we're running out of time. Mm -hmm. Do you think that sometimes you're paying a little bit of a tax to back those teams who are in these kind of must-win scenarios? No, that's a great point that you bring up, Femi, because I think absolutely you are paying a tax because the guys behind the counter that you don't see that are moving and making these numbers – 
they read Joe Lenardi too, and they yeah. read Mike DeCorsi <laughs> and all the different bracketologists, and there's a ton of them out there. It's not just, mm-hmm. you know, the major networks. Every blog has a bracketologist and whatnot. So they're reading all of this right now. So they're knowing that, okay, you know, who are the last four in? Rutgers, Xavier, Memphis, Loyal, and it can vary from bracketologist to bracketologist. Indiana, BYU, SMU, Virginia Tech, they know that these teams are in, like, must-win spots here. So that's why you're going to pay a tax. You saw it on Wednesday night, too, and uh, uh, Indiana was laying five to Rutgers, who was another team that needed a win, and Rutgers ends up getting the outright win in Bloomington. So, yeah, you're always, I think, paying those taxes. The lines makers, I mean, don't get so results-oriented because the lines makers – they're making the right numbers. These guys are not making mistakes on the numbers at this point in the season. They're about as tight as they're going to be. I'm just chuckling to myself because we're just throwing up bricks right now mm-hmm. at the ankle. Well, no no well, points. But- Butler has a tendency to do that. As somebody that uh, is a Butler fan whose grandfather played at that school, I watch this team very closely. and. They can be ugly. Yeah, yeah, we're trending under right now. Not sure what the exact number is. We'll find that out on the other side. But Duke, North Carolina, the best rivalry in college basketball. We discussed it at length. Coach K's final game at Cameron. It's the talk of the town. Betting across America rolling along here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Start on your college hoops tournament betting with VSIN's full court bracket betting coverage starting Sunday, March 13th, with six hours of free live video streaming on VSIN.com, including the full bracket reveal and opening lines for every game. The VSIN college hoops experts, including Greg Hoops Peterson, will analyze every game and discuss with the odds makers making the lines to find the best early value. Don't wait for the lines to move. Start your bracket in round one tournament betting with the VSIN college hoops experts on Sunday, March 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern, free on vcin.com. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Wes Ryan. 
Boy, Selection Sunday, one week mm -hmm. from tomorrow. It is here, the best time of the year for college basketball as we have conference tournaments already underway in the low majors and mid-majors and also coming up here in the Power Six conferences this week. Update some scores going on right now. Tennessee leads Arkansas 21-11 to mm -hmm. in this game over there at Knoxville. Right now, the Vols 12.5 point favorites. Total 150.5 on the live number. Louisville up on Virginia 10-7. to Louisville catching two and a half on the live line total 119 and a half in Alabama LSU 14 minutes to go in the first half Tigers 13 10 lead land four and a half total 155 yeah, and, and a half. couple more here I'll get you updated on some of these low major tournaments right now this is in the big south semifinals it is USC upstate 21 to 7 they were big underdogs Longwood by the way the number one seed in that turn in that tournament and what you're getting with these lower majors like when the number one seed loses you get the automatic bid into the NIT in a lot of these one-bid mm -hmm. leagues. It could be Longwood right now. USC Upstate obviously playing with heavy hearts. The head coach, Dave Dickinson, sadly lost his wife, I believe, three days ago. So That's USC Upstate, the uh, Spartans, very motivated and playing for their coach. Uh, currently 21-8. USC Upstate now laying one and a half, 144 and a half on the total. Citadel and Chattanooga. Chattanooga, that number one seed in the SoCon. They're up 17-11 early on the Citadel, minus 14 and a half, 147. Six and a half. The game of the day is over in Cameron Indoor Stadium between North Carolina and Duke. Everybody's there. It's going to be all across every single network. I was actually surprised that we didn't send our crew there I know. To, to, to Durham. To I'll take again. a free trip. Yeah, I'll take you. Know, it could be a once yeah, in a lifetime. As long as we don't have to pay five grand for our tickets, you know. <laughs> yes, and it's an important note that the average ticket price going for about $5,600 mm -hmm. in that range, as there will be a lot of former Duke players, about, I feel, 80 or so former players that will be we, in we, attendance. I think, I think on that pregame show, by the way, we've seen, I think, all of them at this <laughs> yeah. standpoint. So it's like, how many tickets are allotted for former players? And that's why, you know, because people see Cameron Indoor Stadium and they think it's like 20,000 seats. It's only oh, no. seats like, what, 9,500? And I may be yeah. even a little bit off on the attendance, but it's in that range. So it is not a very big building, but uh, not a seat to be had there, of course, tonight <laughs> for uh, the last game for Mike Krzyzewski I, in Durham. The game is so important that a former player of Krzyzewski's going to be calling the game and Jay Billis. Right. You know, that's, it's wall-to-wall right. -wall coverage for Duke and North Carolina. And, and it's the Tar Heels in town. It is yeah. the Tar Heels in town. And before we get into even the betting numbers of this game right now, Duke, the obvious favorite in this game and a, an important one for North Carolina nonetheless. Though, But just when you have a unique kind of setup like this, with this being Coach K's final game, and we see this in other sports as well, where there's just kind of a, a, a an environment and an angle to a game that is unlike any other mm -hmm. game. How do you kind of go about betting these games, and do you see that there's oftentimes value in attacking these markets? Yeah, and, and for me personally on this game, I'll get into that a little bit in terms of the analysis. I did play North Carolina in the overnight first half and game split at half and half, so first half you're going to be looking at like maybe six and a half or seven mm -hmm. obviously shop around I took 12 there's 11 and a half right at there now yeah this is this is not like a normal North Carolina Duke game because this is the last time for yep. Mike Krzyzewski in Durham and you know that motivates the other side too don't think that Hubert Davis who is a first-year head coach by the way in Chapel Hill doesn't want to get that feather in his cap. You know, North Carolina kind of on the bubble. I think they're more on the right side than the wrong side right now. So I think yep. as of today, and they'd be in the field of 68. But, you know, Hubert Davis would love to be the one that beats Mike Krzyzewski in his final home game because that obviously restores some of the faith from the, the Tar Heel Nation here because mm -hmm. this has not been a vintage North Carolina team. They're 22-8, and eight, but... 
they're not an elite team. They're not a title contender, not only in the ACC, but nationally. So, you know, this is kind of like their game of the year. We're going in. Nobody's talking about us. Everybody's talking about, you know, Coach K and the legacy that he left at our arch rival. So I think you are going to get a motivated North Carolina team, and you may get a Duke team that shows some nerves early on because this is a team that has its fair share of young players. So, you know, this is the first time, and for some of these guys like Paulo Bonchero, probably his only time (laughs) that he's ever going to play North Carolina in Cameron Indoor Stadium. And, you know, as much as I hate to say it, because Indiana and Purdue who are going to play later today is a big rivalry, and that's the one that mattered to me the most because I had a personal stake in it. But North Carolina and Duke is the number one rivalry in college basketball. And I think clearly that's why you're seeing uh, the worldwide leader put this game, I think, on about seven or eight different platforms (laughs) there because this rivalry helped build that network quite frankly, because, you know, before they had pro sports, they were very much a college sports intensive network. And who led that was North Carolina and Duke on the hardwood. Yeah, I think you can put this rivalry on the Mount Rushmore of sports mm-hmm. rivalries. Yeah, this is Yankees-Red Sox. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. It's up there with Yankees-Red Sox. You know, it's like it, it is just it means so much to the sports world. And regardless where these two teams are in terms of the standings, Duke being mm-hmm. a national title contender, North Carolina, as you outlined, being a bubble team, it right. still matters and feels big every yeah. single time they play. And that there's been classic games, you know, those teams in the mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw a lot of those Duke guys at Cameron Indoor College yeah. game days or JJ yeah. Redick. I mean, Steve Wojciechowski, Trajan Langdon. Mm-hmm. These are guys like from like the there. 90s. I'm like, man, the Alaskan assassin well, is in the building. There, like, there are so many heroes and villains or baby faces and heels to use wrestling term (laughs) depending on what side you're on you know all the guys over the year for North Carolina that you know you talk about Reddick how much of a hated player he was by the opposition what about Tyler Hansborough psycho T for North Carolina the the, the bloody nose game on senior day at Chapel Hill and and that's why I think you might get some motivation out of North Carolina by the way if the seedings happen today Duke number one seed in the ACC tournament and North Carolina would be the two seed so maybe we get another meeting if the chalk would hold for that ACC tournament here starting later this week but you know North Carolina I think has got to come in because all they're going to be hearing about is the Duke legacy and Mm -hmm. all you know what Coach K has done and looking at those five national championships that he's won all those final four banners but they're going to be thinking hey we're North freaking Carolina here the greatest (laughs) player of all time played at our program and all the guys, all the superstars that we've had, all the accomplishments that we've had as a program, we are as much of a blue blood as they are. So maybe you get the heels in Carolina blue playing with a little chip on their shoulder. At least I bet that accordingly. We'll <laughs> see how that works out. Well, yeah, right now, North Carolina is catching 11 and a half total, 152 and a half. And this was one, I know we spoke about this one yesterday on the Lombardi line. And I was like, I kind of want to wait to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. I, was, I saw a 12 pop yesterday. I was like, oh, maybe we get 12 and a half or 13, pending on when a lot of uh, recreational bettors get involved in the markets, they're typically not betting these things overnight. They bet it day of. And it almost feels like that was everybody's idea yeah. to kind of like, and like everyone's like, okay, let's, let me just jump in. You said you already took a piece of North Carolina yeah, there as well. I did because I thought it was going to drop a little bit. Because he prevented me from getting 12. Well, where you're going to have <laughs> casual or public betters and wise guy betters kind of clashing a little bit here. Yeah. But go back to the first meeting about four weeks ago on February 5th. It was 87-67 Duke, the final score. It was an even game for 30 minutes, but for the first 10 minutes, it was not. Yeah. It was 29-8 yeah. Duke. They blitzed them. In the 10-minute mark, and it was over. Duke 1.26 points per possession uh, shot the ball very well North Carolina I thought you know they hung around and hung in the game figuratively speaking when you're down 20 in the first 10 minutes but Mm -hmm. 
I got to think that this is going to be a little bit more of a competitive game. It just only seems right. And maybe that's me kind of thinking, you know, playing a play on Narrative Street here and taking a walk down Narrative Street, Femi, is that this is the last Duke-North Carolina game on ESPN. It almost seems like there has to be some kind of drama or some kind of dramatic finish. Now, that's not the the main reason I obviously took the heels and the points, but there's just so much here. And I think with North Carolina – a win here, obviously, that locks them in the NCAA oh, yeah. tournament. Now, I think that they're probably in anyway, but they're not what I would call a lock. I mean, it's still written in pencil or even erasable ink. You know, it is not in Sharpie magic marker that they're going to be in the NCAA tournament because you look at this North Carolina team. North Carolina always has players, Femi. Mm-hmm. They always have talent, and, and they're always going to, whether it's an up year or a down year. But the key for this team, I mean, they, they, they don't have as much size as they used to with Dawson Garcia having been out for a good part of the season. But Baycott has got to be big. And they've got to hit threes here, too, because North Carolina, they actually shoot a really good percentage from three, 37.4%. But you're going to have to hit them against this team. North Carolina is not a team defensively that really takes you out of what you want to do. They don't really force a lot of turnovers. So, obviously, rebounding and not giving up second shot opportunities to a guy like Williams and Keels and Paulo Bonchero yeah. is going to be very vital for the Tar Heels. Yeah, Duke right now over at BetMGM, 12-1 to 1 to win the national championship. Uh, Coach K was already lobbying to go to the Midwest region if they were to get a one seed. He'll get his wish because <laughs> he'll go to Chicago. They'll be the number one in the Midwest region. And I think yeah. that they are very much in line for a one seed. They, of course, if they lose today, that takes that out of the equation. I was going to say, there's competing factors and motivational situations and all sorts of things in this Duke-North Carolina game because you have the Tar Heels hoping Hoping to avoid the bubble and those Dayton games, but you also mentioned Duke has a lot to play for in pursuit of a number one seed. On the other side, we'll get you caught up with the in-game action. I think Butler has about four points in ten minutes. We'll discuss it here. It's betting across America. This is betting across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next college basketball bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebfe, Wes Reynolds, rolling along here from the South Point Hotel and Casino. And college basketball, we got a pretty good slate mm-hmm. underway here. And the game of the day that we all thought, the two ranked matchups in the SEC. Yeah. And it is absolutely all Tennessee early on in Knoxville. They lead Arkansas 33-18, about 8-15 to go in the first half. Right now on the live line at BetMGM, the Vols laying 13 and a half. Total 152 and a half. The concern for Tennessee in terms of like, okay, when you really examine them for the NCAA tournament, and they're obviously going to be a top four seed, bare minimum. The concern for this team is like, okay, can they produce enough offense? You know that they can guard the hell out of the opponent. They are number three nationally in adjusted defensive efficiency. They force turnovers. They don't give you really any easy looks. You saw it last Saturday against Auburn when Mm -hmm. Auburn got a lead, and it's like Tennessee doesn't have the offense to catch up, but they can get stopped, and they can get stopped stop after stop consecutively, you know, several in a row. The concern for them is like, is their offense good enough? They're kind of very similar, Femi, I think, to Texas Tech, where it's like, yes, you know that they're not going to give you the opponent's offense a lot, 
but can they score enough? Can they stop those scoring droughts? I can tell you this. If they shoot seven of eight to start games from a three, there's not very many teams <laughs> that are going to beat these guys. Tennessee right now, 10 of 13 from the floor, 77%. Water's eventually going to find its level, so there's probably a spot for an end game here in Arkansas. It might mm -hmm. be right now, depending on what you might have laid with Tennessee. Maybe you can try to work a middle there, but this is what Tennessee is going to have to do because they are good enough, I think, maybe, you know, to make an Elite Eight, potentially a dark horse for a Final Four run. I hate to call a team a dark horse that's going to be like a top four seed. Yeah. But with the offense, if they can get the offense working here and they don't have those scoring droughts, because remember when they got bounced last year by Oregon State? Oh, I do remember that. It seemed like that. they didn't <laughs> score for like 20 minutes in that game in Oregon State, and the Beavs put them away in a hurry. So they can't have those, but the defense should at least keep them in most games. It's interesting that you call them a dark horse because when you look at the odds in the national titles market, they kind so, of yeah, fit that bill there. Right? It's like yeah. th this team is 40 to 1, and they have an interesting resume. You talked about Texas Tech. They lost to them earlier this season in overtime. They beat Arizona at home mm -hmm. in a game that a lot of people, I think, so the officiating was a little eh. Yeah. But that's welcome to college basketball. I didn't win get my game. money back on the win. Winning ticket though for that game. <laughs> exactly. Like this is a team that interesting resume here and they are reminiscent of a Texas Tech team. Almost kind of reminded me of that Texas Tech team that mm -hmm. went to the Final Four a couple years back. Chris Beard that kind of put him on the map. Is it just Rick Barnes? Is that why we're all just like kind of apprehensive you know, about this team? And I think it could be. And look, I, I think Rick Barnes gets a little bit of a bad rap. I think Rick Barnes is a good coach. I know he's never had that breakthrough, you know, mm -hmm. where. Final Four National Championship. But if you look at Tennessee's resume you were talking about, they haven't lost to anybody. If you look at, like, the Ken Pomeroy Top 25 or the Haslam metrics, whatever you want to look at, yep. the worst team, if you want to call it the worst team that they've lost to, is at Alabama. And they lost by five. And this Alabama team, we know, look, they can beat anybody they on any Gonzaga. given day. They beat yeah. Gonzaga. And I thought beat them, you know, relatively convincingly. I thought that they were clearly the better team. And speaking of Alabama, they are currently playing at LSU 23 to 21. Uh, small play on Alabama for me. But LSU, if you look at them, I was worried they were going to be a little bit hungover from the other night because <laughs> they had Arkansas beat. Yeah. They had Arkansas beat. They were clearly the better team, and then you could slowly start to see the Tigers really run out of gas. Uh, this is now being played at Alabama's pace. Uh, current over-under at BetMGM, 156.5 live. Alabama getting 2.5 because LSU is going to get the tying bucket here. So just at the under-eight timeout, 23 apiece between Alabama and LSU. I want to bring it back to Tennessee here because this Vols team, <clears throat> you mentioned it, it's like, Number three in the country in terms of adjusted defensive efficiency. Like, this team does have the defense to help themselves get stops and mm -hmm. stay in games if their offense isn't really clicking. And if their offense is clicking, it can look like what we're seeing so far today right. where they're able to build out those big leads. They almost look like a team that, in terms of, like, when the bracket eventually is availed a week from tomorrow, I'm really curious to see what type of matchups they see in their region there just because – Right. With a bad offense, you can run into a team that has a hot shooting night, and regardless of what you're doing defensively, you're just going to give up mm -hmm. points there to where you don't want to see this Tennessee team kind of in a situation where they must score because that's when I yeah. think they can have a little bit of weakness. And that's a good point that you make, Femi, because we're often asked, you know, hey, who's in your final four? 
Well, it's like, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what the draw is going to be because <laughs> I think some teams, you know, some teams like your your superpower teams, like your Gonzagas and your Dukes, mm-hmm. I don't think are draw are draw dependent necessarily, but every team has a weakness. I yep. mean, like you look at Duke, what's their weakness? Kind of guarding guys off the dribble. That's a little bit of their weakness. What's Gonzaga's weakness is if a team like St. Mary's did last weekend can really slow them down and get them into more of a rock fight where they're not letting them get a bunch of transition buckets. Everybody has an Achilles heel, but a lot of teams are more draw dependent. I think Tennessee could be too. And look, if Tennessee is in a, a pod or a bracket or a draw where they're getting a bunch of rock fight teams, then that's going to be in their wheelhouse yep. because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we want this. We can totally play this way. Same like with Texas Tech. You know, if you get those like Virginia esque type of teams where they can slow the tempo, the games are going to be in the high 50s or low 60s, points at a premium. So if Tennessee's in with those, I think that's obviously good for the Falls. But if they're in with a lot of teams, like if they got like an Arizona again, if they're in with a bunch of up-tempo teams that are going to force them to have to score 75 or 80 points, that's where they maybe could be in trouble. Yeah, it could spell trouble for them. It's almost interesting because March Madness is a TV show, Mm -hmm. and you almost wonder if like, would the committee put Tennessee in the same region as a Texas mm-hmm. because of the all the Rick Barnes stuff and all right. that. And that's the type of team that Tennessee yeah. would like to play against. I mean, Chris Beard is a really good tournament coach, but that's a team that's kind of that yeah. rock fight style, slowing the tempo and down, it, guarding. And it was a rock fight back on January 29th yeah. uh, for that uh, SEC Big 12 Challenge or whatever it's called. They lost 52 to 51, did Tennessee at Texas. So, look, if you get that, you are getting part good in that (laughs) game. You know, first team maybe to 60 is going to win that ball game. Yeah, what's the total uh, there? Like 112? Yeah, yeah, we we shall absolutely see. And I I did mention Virginia, a Virginia S team, by the way, UVA up 24 to 16. They were down, Mm -hmm. I believe, 8 nothing to start this game. But all of a sudden, UVA turning it into a UVA game. So, a little bit under five minutes left to go. Virginia 24 to 16 over the cards. Villanova Butler. Going on in Hinkle uh, Butler Oof. breaking news. They have reached double digits here at the under eight timeout. They trail Villanova 25 to 11. Live line Wildcats laying 16 and a half. Total 126 yeah. and a half. So we're okay. We're cre- we might have survived whatever the hell that cold streak was to start yeah. the game there. But this Villanova team is another team in the Ken Palm rankings, number 12 mm-hmm. in the country, seventh in adjusted offensive efficiency, 37th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Uh, is there anything for you in this spot right now with a live number? And if not, then maybe some something of Villanova in terms of their ceiling doesn't seem like it's very high but the right. floor is kind of high to where this team with the good guard play can maybe right. get out of a first week. yeah nothing in game for me right now I did take Butler plus nine they're gonna have to obviously play catch up but if you look at Villanova in a macro sense Femi I think probably a three seed mm-hmm. is where they're going to be and this is a team look uh you look at them, they don't seem like the vintage Villanova team, but they're always, like, right there because I think Jay Wright, no one has built, I think, a better culture program in America and all of college yeah. basketball than Jay Wright. He just constantly gets it done. And Jay Wright, I think, was one of the first guys, by the way, in college basketball. This was all the way back in the early 2000s to kind of embrace this positionless basketball where you don't have, like, a true point guard or a true power forward, you know, one, two, three, four, five. You play, you've like, got, four out. Yeah, you've got guys four out, one in out. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You've got guys that can play multiple positions and guard multiple positions. So he was really one of the first ones, I think, that saw kind of where 
basketball was going, and you obviously see that every night in the NBA, mm-hmm. that four out, one in, and not necessarily playing through the post. But you look at Villanova, this is a team, I think you could certainly see them in the Final Four. When you've got three senior starters, especially senior guards like Colin Gillespie, and I know some of these guys have missed a game or two because of health or for whatever reasons, this is a team in Villanova that's never really going to beat itself. And no more evident of that is the free throw line, which is going to be very important. Number one in America, 82.8%. So if you get in that situation where you're down four or five late and you think, okay, I'm, I'm against Villanova here and I can come back, man, you put these guys on the line. They can just absolutely put you away. Yeah, they're, they're a team that I don't know if I would ever think about them to win a national title, but in terms of the ceiling or rather the floor, mm-hmm. I should say, it's they seem like they're almost kind of like upset proof in yeah. that first weekend there because yeah, of those guards I, I, I and mean, the free throw shooting. They'll get like tested. You could see in yeah. like a second round game by maybe a six seed or a good 11 seed that's a mid-major or something like that, but then they just kind of find a way. Villanova is one of those teams that I think you can trust more often than not is that they find a way. Look, anybody can get beat in the NCAA tournament on any given afternoon or evening, but... Villanova is one of those teams that you just can't not see them making the second weekend. Yeah. No, they, they seem like they are second weekend uh, poised, at least I should say, there to make a run deep into this tournament there. That game going on right now, 29-13. Villanova leads Butler about six minutes to go right now. And we had Davidson and Dayton. That tipped off over there. The Dayton Flyers trail four to nothing there. We'll talk Alabama LSU on the other side. The SEC is the conference that might be the best in the country. We'll discuss it here. It's betting across America. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on college basketball. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any game, and if either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VSIN200. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VSIN200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in the game you wager. 
wager on. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Wes Reynolds, Femi Bebefe, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And we talk about the SEC. Now, it might not be the best conference in America. That's probably the Big 12. But the mm-hmm. SEC is right behind them, in my opinion, in terms of best conference in that SEC tournament. And we'll talk conference tournaments here in about 30 minutes. That is going to be one of the more fascinating ones to kind of break down in the SEC. But right now, we got a game going on between Alabama and LSU. LSU, they lead at 30. 32 to 31 over there in Baton Rouge. The Tigers in this game, it's it's funny because this Alabama team, you never know what we're going to get. Yeah. But LSU right now, three and a half point favorites, total 152 and a half in this spot. Well, and right now, I think Alabama's kind of got LSU going a little bit up and down. But mm-hmm. LSU, I think if they could slow the game down because they're so good defensively, that's really better for them. This is not an LSU team that is a very good shooting team. This is an Alabama team, obviously, can get up and down the floor. But this is an Alabama team, too, that, look, they'll gamble for steals a little bit, and they'll get beat and give up layups. They are such an erratic team. Alabama is one of those teams that I think it's almost impossible to, like, handicap for the NCAA tournament because this is a team that's going out in the first round, or this is a team that can go and get beat by, like, some mid-major or something, or this is a team that can run it to the Final Four. Alabama has proven that they can beat about anybody. Number one, obviously, beating Gonzaga, but they've beaten Tennessee. They've already beaten LSU. They beat Baylor uh, down yeah. in Tuscaloosa and uh, beat Arkansas. So they beat Houston. too. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. They can beat elite teams. <laughs> it was like uh, all, all the final four teams from last year. Yeah. And right now uh, about a minute and a half left to go down there in Baton Rouge, 34 to 31 Alabama. I think, I think this closed three and a half. There were some fours out there. So we'll see if uh, Alabama can hang in there. But uh, these are, these are two teams that are just like freaky athletic but they both have given you some head-scratching performances this year. I want to talk about the Crimson Tide there because you mentioned how it's difficult to handicap them heading into this tournament because they're so volatile. And I almost want to, like, the way to attack their games once they get to the first-round draw, do you maybe play money lines with this Alabama team? Like, let's say they're a favorite. Like, yeah. they're laying six and a half. Maybe take the other team, yeah. the dog, on the money line because well, they're capable of losing to anybody. Well, or if Alabama advances and they're a dog against a juggernaut, Maybe play Alabama on the money line as a dunk. Yeah, they're kind of a little bit of a difficult team to uh, lay points with because you get a lot of runs. Like, they'll go on big mm-hmm. runs, but they'll give up big runs. And look, they were, what, double-digit favorites the other night against Texas A&M. I think they were laying 10. Never even close. Lost 87-71 to 71 on Wednesday night to an A&M team that really had not had a signature win all season until that very win. So... Yeah, Alabama, you look, high-tempo team, 13th in adjusted offensive efficiency. They rebound the hell out of the ball, especially on the offensive end. They go after misses. This is not a very good shooting team, though, and that's what concerned you about Alabama. Only 31% from three, even though they just hit one to tie the game there. 292 Mm -hmm. in the country, and they're going to go for a heave and a dunk at the buzzer. Alabama, by the way, Uh, 38-36. They do take the lead, so Alabama will cover the first half for you down there in Baton Rouge. But you know, 
quick-paced team. They get a lot at the rim. For as bad as they are at the three, they're 12th best in the country from two-point range, and a lot of that is, okay, getting to the rim. And that's how a lot of these teams now, Femi, are playing. Three and rim rate, you see that yeah. in terms of a stat, like shot quality and all the different metrics because it's like either you take an open three or you get to the rack. You don't take any of these mid-ranges or whatnot, so you don't really see a lot of that with Alabama. When they are taking those shots, those usually aren't going in, but – We'll see. Uh, nice little comeback here. They got down, uh, I think they had about a 5-0 run here to end the half, but tons of athletes. Nate Oates, of course, you might remember him from Buffalo mm -hmm. when they made a run, won a couple <clears throat> games in the NCAA tournament. So they play that same style that Nate Oates played at Buffalo. Yeah, it's just with the three-point variance, this Alabama team, it almost feels like the outcomes are can be so extreme in their games to where I kind of want to like play some of those extreme outcomes with these big money line prices for mm -hmm. some of these dogs there because like you mentioned they could lose as a five seed to a 12 <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> or, or they could go to a sweet 16 and knock off a one seed right we've seen them beat gonzaga baylor and teams of that caliber earlier this season tipping off here in about 10 minutes in the sec south carolina's taking on auburn tigers 15 and a half point favorites at home total 145 and a half yeah auburn uh you would think would be in line for that one seed it seems femi looking at the draw kind of like that they might be the fourth number one seed because you got to think okay gonzaga's gonna get a one arizona's probably getting a one Whoever from the Big 12 emerges and the Big 12 tournament is going to depend upon that. Baylor or Kansas is probably going to get a number one. Right now, Auburn seems to be the fourth number one seed. But they could slip, too, if they get an early exit from the SEC tournament. That being played down at the Amelie Arena in Tampa, Florida. That'll get underway, I believe, Wednesday is the first game there. But... Looking, looking at Auburn, obviously this is a, a very good defensive team, and I think yep. it's a good defensive team because they are the best shot-blocking team in the nation. You know what Bruce Pearl wants to do going all the way back to his days at UW-Milwaukee, at Southern Indiana, and then subsequently at Tennessee. He likes to press. And he likes to press to increase the tempo. A lot of people use the press because they want to slow down the game because they want to, okay, we just want them to eat time. If we get a turnover, yeah. great, you know, but we just want them to get less time in the shot clock and less time to get it in their offense. Bruce Pearl runs that press because he wants turnovers <laughs> because he wants quick, easy buckets. And, you know, he's willing to gamble on steals. You know, he's willing to say, okay, we went for the steal. We didn't get it, but we're okay down low because we have Walker Kessler because yeah. we have Jabari Smith who's going to be a lottery pick in this upcoming NBA draft. Number one in block percentage, 21.5%, and they're very good at the rim, fourth in the country in two-point defense, 42.6%. So this is a team, I think, that gets it a lot more done defensively than necessarily offensively. Not a really great shooting team is Auburn, but they can score a lot of points because of that tempo, and they try to get easy buckets. So that's kind of been the key to their success. Number looked a little big. I could yeah. I could sponsor Frank Martin's guys in South Carolina here, uh, who's 18 and 11. Probably not in consideration for an at-large bid. They're going to have to probably make a run down in the SEC tournament in Tampa. So we shall see. But, uh, you know, South Carolina's been game in some, in, in some spots here. They did beat LSU. They did beat a decent Texas A&M team. But they really haven't beaten that elite team yet this year. So I think that's why you see that number so big. But it would be South Carolina or nothing because this is the last day, senior day for Auburn. I don't believe Auburn has a lot of seniors, but they have at least one guy. We know Jabari. Smith, who's going to be a one and done. It's his senior day <laughs> for the well. freshmen. So they have one senior, I believe, that uh, that's a starter, Zepp Jasper. But 
you know, you get South Carolina coming in and you get a team that knows it's up against it a little bit. So I think the Gamecocks uh, could stay very much in this game, but we have seen Auburn blow a lot of teams out in these spots as well. That's what I was going to say there, because the Auburn at home is different than what we yeah. see Auburn on the road. Though it's like I don't, I, I hear what you're saying with South Carolina or past, and that's what would make sense because nobody really likes to lay 15 and a half in a conference game, but it's. I don't think I can step in front of Auburn in the jungle. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, that place gets rowdy, and, and when they get going, it can become a blowout. And Auburn quickly. did win by 15 in Columbia yeah. against South Carolina. So probably the right number. If I had to, it'd be South Carolina, though. Yeah, this Auburn team is a fascinating one, a team that some people are starting to kind of lose faith in uh, as we head to the tournament here. Coming one up. more thing on that game, too. Walker Kessler, the center I mentioned, the mm-hmm. North Carolina transfer for Auburn, is wearing a brace on his left shoulder. So take from that what you will so obviously not a hundred percent yeah got to keep that in mind there but I mean it's Auburn very likely to win the game as the odds indicate it there but in terms of covering that number of 15 and a half uh, we shall see at home got a minute left I want to start our preview here of Kentucky and Florida this is another really good game a big chance for the Gators Mm -hmm. to really stamp themselves as a tournament team they're catching four and a half at home total 139 and a half yeah, this is a big spot. Some people have the Gators in. Some people have them out. If they win this game, everybody is going to have them in. 19-11. and 11. They've been playing better basketball. They've won three of their last four, including a win over Auburn a couple weeks yeah, ago. That was a big but win. You have Kentucky coming in. And Kentucky, look, they've lost a couple games lately, but they have not been as healthy. Ty Ty Washington, of course, has been out. Xavier Wheeler has missed time. But Toshiboy, obviously, is a Naismith candidate for mm-hmm. player of the year. So, Kentucky, I think this is a team, and I have them on a future. I bet them in December at 16-1. to This is a team that's probably going to be a two, maybe a three seed, but I think a lot of people are going to have them in their final four. I thought the number was right. I eventually passed this game. On the other side, I want to ask you about if Kentucky can get to the one line because a lot of people, like you mentioned, love this team. That loss at Arkansas, their guards were kind of in and out. Mm-hmm. They played, but they weren't all the way healthy there, so they might get a break in that game. But let's talk a little bit of Kentucky and Florida on the other side. Also, Indiana-Purdue, the game that Wes has his eyes on. Mm-hmm. Our number two, betting across America, coming up on the other side. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 